Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we talk about the tips, strategies, and ideas that can help you grow your business and get more exposure. We have a special guest today, Andrew Alleman, who has built a podcastguest.com. He's an expert podcaster, has over 37,000 podcasters and people looking to be guests on podcasts. So I don't know of anybody that's doing this more frequently and better than Andrew. So we're super excited to be diving into his expertise and his stories about how you can use podcasts to grow your business and your brand. So Andrew, if you'll take us into, just to get started, what got you into the world of podcasting and what Sure. So I have a a trade blog for the domain name industry. So all the companies like GoDaddy and people that buy and sell domains. And I started a podcast for that back in uh, 2014. I'm actually coming up on episode 400 here shortly. Um, And so that kind of introduced me into podcasting. I had done some audio like live radio type stuff before, but that was really what got me into the medium. And uh, it's it's really different from blogging, right? Which is what I have right. been doing. It's a much more intimate, more in-depth medium. And so I've, I've really enjoyed it. Cool. And so essentially in blogging, you get to have kind of that, I'm, I'm going to always say this word wrong with that anonymousness, the anonymity, I guess you could say, of being behind the screen, taking your time writing. Was it a jump for you to have to go from that to you know, being using your voice, maybe even being yeah, on video. Yeah, it, it was. And and I look at, you know, a blog post, someone comes, they read it for a couple minutes and then they're gone, right? Whereas a podcast they're listening for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, typically for my show. And so that's much more in depth. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to introduce it, right? I, I can interview someone, write a blog post, mm-hmm. but it's just not really in depth. Whereas if I sit down with someone and interview them for 20 or 30 minutes, we can not only ask questions, but then kind of go down those rabbit holes when they say something that piques my interest. Well, let's talk more about that, right? Let's understand more about that. Um, so it's a very different medium. And it's interesting because I have a lot of people that will email me and say, hey, I'm a fan of the podcast, right? They know me for the podcast, whereas other people email me and they know me for my blog, for my website. So right. it's kind of interesting. People consume content in different ways too. And to some of them, I'm a podcaster. To others, I'm a I'm a blogger. Got it. Yeah. And and obviously there are probably still people consuming blogs, although I know for me, just podcasts make a lot of sense. What time frame did you enter the podcasting space? So this was this is 20, 2014, if I'm doing the math correctly. I um, mean at the time I thought I was late. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, and so, right. um, you know, obviously it's taken off a lot since then, especially during the pandemic, right? That was one of the inflection points, uh, for podcast production. Um, but you know, it's still, a, it's still a growing medium and still compared to blogs. It's, it's early days, right? Or at least when you look at the numbers, right? There are millions and millions of blogs. They're probably, depending on who you listen to, there are 300 to 700,000 active podcasts. So not a lot, Right out there compared to blogs. This is really interesting because I'm new to the space and, you know, I think it's easy for us to feel like, woe is me, you know, we're so late, it's so hard. You throw out the number 300,000 to 700,000. What would be maybe a metric where you might start to be scared to enter the space? Would it be at 2 million or... I'm, I'm really like thankful you threw out these numbers. Yeah, because you probably heard the number 2 million actually because if you, if you look at the directories of podcasts, they have that many. They just aren't active, right? So Mm. a lot of people start and then they stop. Um, We see that, you know, we saw 
you know, a hundred thousand people starting a podcast per month at the beginning of the pandemic. Now it's more probably 10 to 20,000. Right. And mm -hmm. a lot of people do stop after a year or two because what their goals were in starting that podcast didn't come to fruition. Right. They thought they were going to be the next top Joe Rogan type podcast right. and it doesn't yeah. happen. And then they're like, Oh, okay. You know, what's the point, right? They're sitting there with very few, uh, downloads. And so, so they give up. Um, so I would say really, I don't think there's a number. I think there's just kind of a mentality of why you're going into it. If you want to have this huge podcast with tons of listeners that you're selling ads against, you know, unless you're already famous or well-known, that's difficult to do at this point. But there are other reasons to start podcasts that I think have a lot of value uh, beyond just the raw number of downloads and people that listen to it, right? So this interaction we're having today now we know each other, right? So that's just a benefit to it. If you have questions about podcasting or, you know, maybe it turns into a partnership or referrals down the road or something like that. Um, and then just kind of the audience you're speaking to, even if you're just getting a couple hundred downloads per episode, if you picture that as like an auditorium, right? Like you're speaking at a conference, that's actually not that bad, right? And if those people are interested in what you're talking about, so maybe you're trying to grow your audience Maybe you're trying to get people to buy something, but you're not, you know, overtly doing that, right? You're getting them to trust you. That to me is kind of more interesting for most people than I'm getting X many downloads and I'm selling ads against it based on the size of my audience. Totally. Yeah. And just running, you know, the, like the last 36 episodes we've ran, it's just amazing how deep of a relationship you can build with a person in 45 minutes. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, compared to the traditional way of you meet somebody, you know, in church or in a social event or whatever, and you have to go through these rounds of how's the weather and <laughs> that type of stuff. Whereas like you and I, 10 seconds into meeting each other, we're diving into like how you built your business. And, you know, it's, that part's been really, really fun. That's right. Um, if you would, if you wouldn't mind sharing your journey, because you've obviously figured this thing out. 37,000 clients is a lot of clients. So first of all, kudos Second of all, can you kind of share your mindset as you went through this building, where you hit trouble points, right. and where you really started to see this thing take off? So uh, so about a year after I started my podcast, I was running short on guests. I was having trouble finding people to be a guest on my show. You know, I'd done 50 interviews, right? So I'd asked all, my, all the people I knew, um, and I was looking for kind of new and interesting guests. And so I went out there to try to find a service that would help me. And there are lots of agencies out there, right? And they charge a lot of money, as, as they should. They do a lot of grunt work. Um, but, you know, for most podcasts, paying 500 to to $1,000 or even more per guest you get on to an agency to kind of make that match just doesn't, doesn't work. For mm -hmm. some, it does. For me, it didn't. And so I said, well, maybe I should create this service, right? Um, and I started completely on email. And I basically emailed 100 200 podcasters and said, Hey, I, I want to try this thing out. I'm having this problem. Maybe you are too. Do you want to join? And then we sent out our first list of podcasts looking for guests and we immediately started making matches. And I thought, Hey, we're on to something here. Right. Mm. Um, and so of course it started growing slowly at first. Um, you know, we grew to a thousand, 2000 users, all, all free by the way. Um, and then, uh, you know, I would say, as far as inflection points were concerned, in 2016, I had 
a couple people come to me and say, hey, I like what you're doing, but right now I get these emails that you send and they have a list of podcasts I can pitch to and I pitch to them, which, which is great, but it's still work, right? It'd be great if people could come to me. And in one case, there was an, an agency and he said, is there a way for me to list my people on your service so that podcasters can just invite them? And then I had someone else tell me the same thing. I had someone else tell me the same thing. And they're like, oh, and I'll pay, right, you know, for, for this. Um, so I went ahead and created that platform, right, to, to list guests on there that would then pay, which then helped me start to bring in revenue for the service. So that was kind of a big milestone. Um, and it was very slow at first. Uh, you know, I mean, that type of thing grows over time. Now we have about 1,000 paid uh, paid users, uh, so still a very small fraction of the total user base. But uh, I would say another inflection point was the pandemic. You know, it's interesting. I think back to that point, and when the whole world shut down, right? Which kind of the inflection point I think was in when the NBA canceled a game right before it started, mm -hmm. and then everyone's like, "Oh, this is real," right? <laughs> right. Um, I was like, "Oh boy," you know. And I had a few people that were paying members that reached out and said. I, I've got to cancel. I'm a travel person or something like that, right? They, they run a travel agency and they're being a guest on shows. And a, a bunch were like cautious, right? But then just a couple weeks later, I think everyone figured out that they can't go to trade shows anymore. You know, their marketing in person isn't working. What's another way to get those kind of those connections, those intimate connections through online? Right, and and that's when we saw this massive growth in the number of podcasts starting, and everyone figuring out, hey, this is a way I can market my business. Um, so I would say, you know, inflection points. Twenty sixteen was big. A couple years in, finding a business model that worked, um, and then I think the pandemic was also another big one as far as as far as growth concerned. And you know, I mean, maybe Keep we're running out. into another one now. I, I mentioned at the top, there aren't as many people starting podcasts now, um, so that creates challenges and opportunities. I've, I've told people it's harder now to get booked on podcasts than it was a couple years ago because the numbers are down. At the same time, I think listenership's going up because people are getting back into routines, right? People listen to podcasts uh, in, in, on their commutes, for example. And people exactly. were commuting for a couple of years and now they're getting back to that. So I think it's a great time to start a podcast now. It's a little bit more challenging time to get booked on podcasts, but that just means you need to put a little bit more effort and be smarter about it. Totally. So if you'll take me through, I want to kind of go down a couple different paths. So path number one is your podcast in particular. Can you kind of walk us through the evolution? I know, and, and I would like to focus mostly on business podcasts that people are using to build their particular right. business. So how much should they think about allocating to this project? How mm -hmm. long, what were some of the challenges that you went through before one, they break even two, maybe even create some problems? You're talking about starting a podcast in this case, not being a guest. Yeah, correct. Exactly. So I look at my podcast. Here was my thinking on my podcast. So I've talked about some reasons you might start one. My, mine was a little bit different, right? So if I think of myself as a media company, a trade publication, if you will, for the domain name industry, I've seen over the years the way people consume media change. So when I started my blog, forums were a huge thing in our space. There were several competing forums. People were on there talking nonstop. Over time, it moved to blogs. And then we also saw social media. A lot of people now, they'll read my posts on my blog, but instead of commenting there, they'll comment on social media, right? And so mm -hmm. that's been a change there too. And so around 2014, I was looking around and I was like, 
what's going to be something that could, you know, impact me even more? And what can I get in front of, right? So in my case, I said, hey, let me start this podcast. For me, it's not going to be a big money maker, but it's going to help me, A, establish and renew some relationships in the domain name business, which is where my advertisers come from. By the way, it's an ad-supported blog. Um, and mm -hmm. also keep my media relevant, right? And so how do I make sure that I don't become what forums were Right, they got usurped by blogs. And so that was my thinking there. It wasn't so much around ad dollars. I have one advertiser per episode. Um, they don't, it's, it's not a whole lot. I think I charge about $200 a week, which compared to the per episode, which compared to the money I make on the blog from ads is very small. But I think there are other benefits there. So for me, it wasn't a break even thing. In fact, I pay about $150 a week to have my show edited. Right. So and it takes a lot of time, as you know, it, it, it's it's a lot of work to do a podcast. But to me, it was kind of growing my entire ecosystem and audience rather than mm. how can I make money from this podcast? And it, totally. you know, podcasts grow pretty slowly, too. I had an audience. Um, so that helped. Right. I would post each episode to my blog and that would send hundreds of people to listen to it. Now it's about 2000 downloads per episode which for a really niche podcast is good. I mean, the number of downloads per episode, the median across all podcasts is about 100 to 200, right? So, um, so I, I think you need to think in terms of what is your goal and break even says to me that someone is looking at it kind of in, as an ad model, which is my least favorite model mm -hmm. or least favorite reason for, right. for starting a podcast. Um, I think I like more like, hey, uh, I want to grow my audience. I want to grow the number of people that know me. And then, of course, I've got a product or a company I'm tied to. And maybe I mentioned that in the show. Um, but growing those relationships. To me, those things are – you're going to have more success if that's your goal than if you're going for the ad, ad model. That's not to say the ad model doesn't work. There are a lot of people who do it wonderfully and make a lot of money from it. I sell ads for my wife's podcasts that are fairly lucrative. Um, but it is – you know, like you said, I mean, you've got to build your audience first in order to start seeing that. And and ads are generally sold on what's called a CPM basis, right? The amount per a thousand. Mm -hmm. So someone might pay you twenty five dollars per thousand downloads. Well, if you've got two hundred downloads, what what's your ad revenue going to be? For right, right, yeah. And so the, fraction of yeah, yeah. So so you don't even have a CPM to sell, right? So, um, yeah. which. You know, I could also say I don't think you should sell ads that way. I think you should call them sponsorships and make them more than just the podcast. Um, but you know, I think that's something to think about for for people that are starting. Why Why are you starting this show? Because it is a it is a lot of work, and I think most people, if they're in it for ad revenue, will end up quitting. Yeah, totally. So my one of my spaces, I've been in B two B sales and B two C sales, and so the number of people that fail in that arena is sure. really high, 90 plus percent, because they can't acquire the skill. They don't have the discipline, the resilience. First of all, what would you say is the success rate in podcasting? Is it similar? 10% or so? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then essentially- uh, uh, Well, ahead. I mean, I, I think if you look at that top number of two, three million dollar, three million podcasts being out there and 300 to 700,000 being active, you know, maybe 200,000 of those are actually productive for the podcaster and will stick around. Um, so that gives you about a 10% number, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And so like when I train people in sales, it's like, Hey, you got to go all in. Like 
you got to be full time. You got to go all in. This is all you're doing. Would you say that's similar? Because I see a lot of podcasters go in the space. They're like, hey, I'll do, you know, once a month, once a week. Like, is there a benefit to someone saying, hey, I'll do I'll do five episodes a week or 10 episodes a week and put, you know, that, that that's an interesting question. And I think the answer is it depends. Um, the most important thing to me is that you're consistent. So if you're going to drop mm. an episode every day uh, during the week, first of all, think about what that, that's asking of your audience, right? Are they really willing to commit that much time a, a week? Maybe your goal is for them to just scroll through and find the episodes that are interesting to them and, and listen. But that's a lot to ask, right, of an audience. Uh, but the most important thing is consistency. Are you willing to do that every week for years, right? And think about that. So I actually started a podcast for my podcast guest platform where I talk about podcasting. That one, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it every other week, but I'm going to do it consistently. And then if I decide in the future I want to do it weekly, then I can go to weekly. Um, weekly to me is good. People can commit that 30 to 60 minutes a, a week to listen. But I would say the number one thing is consistency, keeping in mind something that you know now, which is how much work it takes to do these, right? Or at least to do it well. It's a lot of work. Um, you know, you need to edit these, you need to prepare ahead of time. Um, so I, I think it, you know, and then the question of going all in, I think there's some things you need to go all in on. There, there, there are others you, you aren't. And so from a time perspective, I would say part of your time, if, you're, if your goal is truly to grow this podcast, is going to be spent doing the interviews. But part of it's also going to be being a guest on other shows because that's the number one way to grow your show. And I think even some of the top podcasters spend an immense amount of time, not just on their show, but being a guest on other shows because 100% of the people listening to those other shows are, are podcasters. Um, and I'll give you an example of kind of how that works, how that grows your network. I was listening to uh, My First Million, which is a business podcast. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to that one. Yeah, and, and the guest on it was Rob Walling, um, and he, he runs MicroConf, but he also has a podcast called Startups for the Rest of Us. And I'm listening to the show, and I'm like, man, he is, he's giving some great information here. Let me write down his name. And then at the end of the show – People are like, the hosts are like, where can I find you? And he's like, well, you know, I have this podcast called Startups for the Rest of Us. If you like what we talked about today, I think you'll like that, my podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I went over there and I subscribed to his podcast and now I listen to a lot of the episodes, right? And so you have to do that, right? You have to put in the time being a guest on other shows to, to really grow grow your show. So it, it's, it's a big time commitment, even if you're doing a, a weekly show. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. So if you were to, I'm a numbers guy, I can't help it. So sometimes I ask a lot of questions surrounding numbers. If you were starting a podcast, would you say that you should guest 50% of the time compared to your shows? You should put more time into guesting than oh, creating oh, or how would right. you find that out? Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. So John Lee Dumas, he does Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, which is really popular. Um, he at at Podcast Movement this, this year, he said he spends time going on 20 podcasts every month. And this is a guy with one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Um, and so that just gives you an indication, right? Now, for him, he's probably getting invites every day to go on podcasts, right? It's, it's right. not as easy yeah. for everyone else. I, I go on podcasts um, about once a week, but they aren't domain name related ones. You know, those types come up maybe once or twice a month. It's usually people asking me to talk about podcast guests and, and that sort of thing. Should I do it more? 
absolutely. Um, but you know, there, there are only so many hours in a day, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So when you're going through the process, you decide, Hey, I want to expand my business. I want to build these connections. How, How do you do the research to understand fit and how do you create a pitch that's really going to work? So a pitch to be a, a guest? Uh, pitch to be a guest. And then like just like the the main part of the show. Because like I think most people always resonate with the Joe Rogan. Like, hey, I'm going to be the Joe Rogan. I'm going to do these 90-minute to three-hour amazing shows. But then in reality, that's not actually what plays out. It seems to me you're suggesting the by, by far the better play is to have shorter shows oh. that are very specific to a niche. So how does someone carve that out and have the best chance of being. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned a niche and I say one thing is I I, I tell this to guests and podcasters alike is to, to niche down, right. Is the term they use, which is don't be too broad because look, there are, if there is a crowded space, there are plenty of business podcasts out there. Right. And so if you can find kind of a niche within that, you know, whether it's sales and business, sales and small business, right. You know, that sort of thing, The, the further down you can go there, right. It might even be, Sales of medical products, right? Maybe your podcast is just about that. Your audience is going to be smaller, um, potentially, right? Your potential audience is smaller, but people that are in that space are going to be much more interested. And the same thing goes Mm. for a guest. Um, And when I think about the length of a podcast, I think the answer to that is it depends. And again, consistency, right? So mine are about 30 minutes. People know they're going to be about 30 minutes. They can take it on their run or when they're doing this certain commute every week, they know the time it's going to come out. It comes out at the exact same time every week. Um, In fact, I have one person who's like, hey, can I ask you to release your podcast two hours earlier so I can listen on my run Monday morning? (laughs) Uh, You know, but he knows when it's coming out and he knows how long it's going to take. Um, And so that sort of consistency to me is what's important. There are very few people I think that will listen to a three-hour show. Um, But, you know, I think... Some people say, oh, your show should be 22 minutes because that's how long a, a network show is, right? You know, whatever. It, you, you will find what your correct length is after you put them out. Um, and so, you know, I would say listen to your audience too on that. If they want mm. more, and I have had people sometimes like when my episodes have been about five minutes shorter, like that was a great discussion, but it really should have been a little bit, I think you should have gotten more in depth. It should have been longer, right? So listen to the audience. What are they telling you? Yeah. Makes total sense. How do you advise people that know this is probably the right medium for them, but they're, they're struggling with the nerves, struggling about being interviewed, maybe even struggling about putting on the interviews. So I, I get that, right? We're all nervous before we go speak in front of someone, but I think about speaking opportunities, right? So there are a lot that are a lot more nerve wracking than this, right? So most podcasts are just audio, maybe you add video, but we're not live right now. If I make a mistake, we can edit it out. You know, if my dog starts barking, we talked about this ahead of the show, right? My dog might start barking because I got a carpet cleaner coming over today, right? Worst case scenario, if that happens, we edit it out. Now, think about one step up from that, which would be live radio. Similar sort of thing, no video, just audio. um, So, you know, you don't have to worry about getting dressed up, but it's live. If you make a mistake, you know, it's live, it's out there. That kind of sucks. And then you think about live TV, right? That's even a step up. You got makeup, hair, 
you know, your wardrobe, that sort of thing. And it's live. And speaking in front of audiences, it's live. You're there. Everyone's looking at you, right? So to me, podcasting is a good break in medium for speaking because it is lower mm -hmm. risk. And a lot of the podcasts you're going to be on at first are pretty small too, right? <laughs> even if you do make a mistake, even if you don't sound your best, it's like, you know, it might be 50 people listening. 50 people. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. so it's, it's not the end of the world, right? So, so to me, it's a great way to get comfortable with talking. And then you can move to some of those more demanding public media. Um, and so, and yeah, I mean, look, if I go back and listen to my first episodes, I'm not as good of an interviewer. I, I'm, I'm not as good as I am now. But repetition helps. In fact, the first interviews, when I was an interview that I did about podcastguest.com, you know, I was just kind of getting my feet wet on what are they going to ask me and what am I going to say? Whereas now there are very few questions you could throw at me that I haven't answered before, right? So I have an answer for right. it. I can be, you know, concise, give a good answer without rambling on. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's a practice thing, right? It, it takes practice and you will get better over time. Love it. And so how does somebody know if starting a podcast is the right decision? So I would say, first of all, why don't you start by being a guest on podcasts? Um, because that'll answer a lot of those questions for you, right? Mm. If you are a guest on a few shows and you're like, wow, I do not like that. Either I don't like the speed part <laughs> or it's too much time or the scheduling, then you certainly don't want to be a podcaster because as you know, Matt, it's a lot more work, right? You know, you're, you're, right. you're prepping for these, you're finding your guests, figuring out what you want to ask. Um, and then once, once it's done, you have to edit it, you know, and get it ready for production, that sort of thing. So it's a lot more work. So I'd say, first of all, be a guest um, and, and see how you like that. And then you can decide, you know, if you don't like that, then don't be a podcaster, I guess would be the first thing I would say. Um, but then beyond that, as, as you get beyond that, I would say, think about why you want to do it. Is it interesting to you? If you could sit in front of an audience of a couple hundred people every week, is that interesting to you? If the answer to that question is yes, then yeah, I would think about starting a podcast. Um, if you're thinking, oh, I just want to be the next Joe Rogan, Probably not a fit, again, unless you're already famous, right? Unless you already have an audience. Um, you need to be patient too. Growth is slow, a podcast. A blog can take off. Someone can post it on Reddit or Google loves it and people are searching for that topic. Podcast discoverability is much, much lower. Um, hmm. I'd also say it's a good idea to start one if you have a blog and other things too that can complement it where you can kind of push things back and forth. Um, I had a guest on my podcast guest show podcast uh, most recently who's talking about, you know, kind of this content stack and repurposing. And he's like, first of all, you know, you can repurpose your episodes, you can write blog posts about it, you can do short form videos. But he said also for, for him, he thinks the, the way you grow your audience isn't that they first start listening to your podcast, but it's they read that blog post or maybe they read another one and they're like, hmm, this person has some interesting stuff to say. Uh, maybe I will be, uh, you know, over time, then they, they like what you have to say, and then they listen to your podcast. Because we talked earlier about the commitment and committing to a podcast and listening to something for 30 minutes or an hour is a commitment, right? And so, you know, kind of starting at something that's a little bit easier and then moving to something like podcasting, which is, a, uh, it's a, it's a bigger commitment as an audience member. Love it. So, and if someone decided that podcasting was right, so a lot of times being a sales trainer, the question they ask me is, hey, like I need, I need to make this work mm. now. 
And everything you're saying is, which I think is the correct thing, is take time, do it consistently, become an expert, right. do it well. If if someone had to be successful, say inside of a year, and you were asked to strategize the business plan, what would you do? And the guy has no prior fame, or gal has yep. no prior fame, yep. but but has maybe a really intelligent, like is very good in a niche, right. and has a lot to offer. What would that plan look like? Well, so I'd say a couple of things. First of all, there are some some people out there that'll walk you through the process, right, and get you over the the education hump. I'm a big fan of paying people that know what they're talking about in a space. Um, Dave Jackson, who does School of Podcasting, is really good at this. Um, I I've had the guys from Turnkey Podcasts on my show before too. They manage a lot of podcasts. Someone like that can can get you through like the technical hurdles and the processing and the planning. Um, and set you up onto a faster path to success. Um, but the other thing I'd say is just get it out there, right? And so I think I spent six months trying to get my sound set up perfect, uh, trying to you know plan everything out. You know I had sound, I set up a studio with sound panels and all that sort of stuff. And if you do that, you know you're six months in and you're just launching, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Get it out there, listen to the feedback, and then you can improve it from there. So, you know, don't ask yourself, is 30 minutes right or is 45 minutes right? Start doing one of them. Start doing both of them, you know, at first and see what people say. You know, I, my podcast started at about an hour and then I, I reeled it into about 30 minutes. Um, you can upgrade your mic. Now, certainly start with an external mic, right? Go spend $100 on a good dynamic mic um, that you'll sound good on. But, you know, you can start in your clothing, walk-in clothing closet, and it'll sound great, right? You know, you'll be 90% of the way there. The things I tell people to spend money on uh, at first is a decent mic um, and decent cover art. Hopefully good cover art. Mm. But, you know, cover art, you wouldn't spend all this time writing a book and then slap a crappy cover on it. Um, So, you know, go – don't create it yourself um, unless you're a designer. Right, you know, right. keep my, you know, it's a small little icon on your phone when people are scrolling through. You know, I see one of the things when I when I put together our podcastguest.com newsletters, we feature ten podcasts in there, and about half of them usually have bad cover art, and I I kind of mm. put them down toward the bottom usually because I'm embarrassed by right. it. You know, it's it's someone yeah. else's work, but it's like, you know, when people are looking at this podcast, they think. Ah, I don't want to be a guest on this podcast if this is if they're phoning this in, right? So, um, totally. so I I hope that kind of you know getting it out there is one thing, but if it has to be a success, you might also want to hire a podcast consultant who's been through this before who can walk you through that. Totally, yeah, and that's that's great. I mean, coaches in every sector are I think are the way to go. I mean, we I have coaches, and almost all the successful people I know have coaches. And so I think that's that's really really good advice. So essentially, hire like if, if you have to go rapid growth, hire a coach, hire maybe yeah, some production, especially if you have the money. Yeah. Yep. And so you're kind of mentioning like concepts surrounding maybe taking imperfect action at the beginning. Can and obviously you've given some good insights as far as make sure your cover art is mm-hmm. good. When how should someone do that balance between knowing like hey I just got to get this out there and you know, maybe I should wait and get a little better. Yeah, that's, um, you know, well, I mean, certainly your first interviews, you want to start with friendlies, as they call them, from a guest. Yep. Assuming you're doing a guest model, you might not even do a guest model, right? Um, 
Mm. But, um, you know, that gives you the opportunity that if you do, you're like, oh, I don't like this product. You don't have to air it, right? It, it, it's someone you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I see some people take the approach you've taken where you pre-record a lot before you launch. Um, I've seen different advice on that, right? You know, the downside to that is that, you know, if you wait till you have 20, 30 episodes in the can to launch, then the feedback you get might be like, oh, I should have done those interviews differently. You know, that, right? that sort of thing. That's the downside. To Wasted months. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, that's why I'm kind of like, okay, you know, having a couple in the can out there, as long as you can be consistent to me, that's, that's the way to go. But, you know, every, a lot of people give contrary advice, right? Um, and so, yeah. uh, you know, it, you know, I think that, um, the, the important things to have at the beginning, and, and I should say too that a lot of podcasters don't make it past 10 episodes. Before we'll feature a podcast in our newsletter, they have to have at least 10 episodes because so many people submit them when they're just starting or they have two or three, and then I check back two months later and they're, they, they've quit, Gone. right? So there, there's yep. like this magic number. Once you get to 10, it's like, okay. Yeah, they're probably going to stick with this, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> and it. so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, look, key things to, to focus on, again, would be mic, decent cover art. Um, you need to edit your shows or hire someone. I outsource it to a company called Podcast Fast Track. They take my episodes, they edit it, they make me sound better, which is, you know, if you're unhappy, like if you're umming and you're stuttering, that can all be fixed too, right? So, you know, I, I think that... If you're if you're too concerned about how you sound, that that can all be fixed, and you will get better over time. Mm. Absolutely love it, and we'll link all these connections that you're saying in, in the show notes. So one question I have: so you get the podcast, you launch it, then you get some audience, and let's say you decide to go crazy and put it on YouTube and mm -hmm. all the different platforms, and out come the trolls. <laughs> how how do you discern good audience feedback that's actionable and like how much, how, you know, how do you decipher what to take action upon? Well, look, as someone who's been blogging since 2005, I've, I've had my share of trolls, you know, comment trolls. Right. And, you know, I, I'd say a couple of things. One, are they anonymous or are they not? If someone's anonymous, mm. I discredit, you know, it's like, okay, they aren't even willing to put their face to it, right? If someone gives me criticism and they're putting their face to it, I'm more likely to, to listen to it, right? Because, you know, they're putting themselves out there. And then, yeah, there's mm. constructive criticism versus I hate it or this sucks. You know, that, that sort of thing. I mean, what are you going to do with that, right? The feedback right. I listen to is, you know, guest suggestions, suggestions for topics, um, suggestions for links, suggestions for um, how often you're doing it. Like, it's too much. It's not enough. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I have someone who would like my show to come out earlier on Mondays before he goes out on his run. That's great. That's one person. I'm not going to make the change for that one person. But if all of a sudden a bunch of people were like, hey, you know, I really want this on my commute in the morning and it comes out after my commute, that's feedback I'm going to listen to, right? Um, so, it. you know, those are the types of things. You know, now feedback from friends isn't is, – is good either, right? You know, I mean, they might be too nice. Yep. Oh, you're doing a great job, Matt. You know, and, and that sort yep. of thing. Yeah, thanks, mom. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <Thanks>. right. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, pe people that give you that unsolicited, candid feedback, I would certainly listen to. But yeah, I, I'd say you know, it's more of a there, there's not a science to it, right? There's an art to figuring out what's good feedback, what's not. But um, yeah, I mean, trolls exist, but they're also more in controversial topics, I think, you know, I mean, mm. 
if you're and and you know sometimes controversy is good right you know if they're listening right they're it's interesting right? so yeah interesting do you feel like you pick the audience or do you feel like the audience picks you and how is an audience truly right born? well i mean i i think i think you you set out what audience you're going after but then yes i i think mm. who who your audience becomes is something where they're like hey they like your content right um, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing a podcast about uh, sales to dentist office, right, you know, specifically geared toward that, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't care about that. Right. Um, but, you know, you might find that people are listening. You might find that your audience is actually broader than that. They're actually trying to sell into medical practices, not just dental practices. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and And they'll provide you that feedback over time. Or you might have a guest who's a little bit tangential to your topic and it ends up being a great show and lots of people like it and lots of people download it. Um, So I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you certainly need to define what you think your audience is going to be. Otherwise, your show is going to be all over the place. And shows that are all over the place are the hardest ones to get traction. Because think about your audience member. If you do one interview about um, the history of the United States and then the next one's about um, B2B selling – um, it, it, what person, unless they love you as a host, why would they listen? Right. You know, it's unlikely one totally. person's going to be interested in both of those. You're not NPR quality. You're not going to be, you know, you're yep. not going to be fresh air where people tune in for a different topic every, every week, you know? Um, so you need to keep that in mind. Yeah, totally. And our podcast is focused on freedom. Like we want the listeners that are listening to this to sense like, hey, I could take a nugget and apply it to my life and experience more freedom, particularly in the financial sense. Like, so this particular subset is about sales, marketing, and business. So along those lines, what would you say podcasts can do for people as far as helping them to attain a greater sense of life freedom? As far as a podcaster, listener? Uh, I would say, well... Let's say podcaster or guest. Yeah, so I, I think I think it's about growing your audience, right? And and I assume most people look at freedom um, from if you're looking at it from a business perspective, it's having a big audience that you know likes mm. your products, likes your services, that sort of thing. And so it's all about growing that audience. And so um, you know, to to me, if we're thinking of financial freedom, right, it's probably making more money, right? You know, right? At, the, at the end of the day. Um, or changing your your psyche around money, um, but you know that that is all about growing an audience and being a guest on shows. I mean, the reason you're going on there is to grow your audience, get them interested in what you're doing. You know, I'm on here today. Some people listening might go check out podcastguest.com. Right, that's a benefit to me. Um, and they and, should. And then uh, you know, as a as a podcaster, growing that audience, you know, selling more products, selling more service, and. It's key not to do the hard sell on that, but it's it's like I mentioned with that with that podcast I was listening to where at the end the person said, Well, if you liked what we talked about today, I think you'll like my podcast. Right? And then I started listening to that podcast. And then I purchased two books from guests that have been on that podcast where I was listening. I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. And then I downloaded or I bought their book, right? Um, so you know, I mean that's that's kind of what what you're getting to with podcasting. But it is it's it's not going to happen overnight, right? And so don't give up mm. if after five episodes you're, you're struggling, right? It can take more than that to get that momentum. 
Love it. And which is true in just about anything worthwhile in life, skills I mean, and whatnot. Just stick you're with talking it. about sales, yeah. right? I mean, I'm sure when you start, mm-hmm. it, well, first of all, you yep. get a lot more rejections than you get acceptances, right? Yeah. And you just hundred percent. So love it. Andrew, thank you so much. I sincerely thank you for coming on our show. Guys, if you're listening, please go visit podcastguest.com. Get involved. If you have any desire to be a guest or to start podcasting, Andrew's a guy with an enormous amount of knowledge. We believe here that freedom is acquired one action at a time. Andrew shared so many different ideas and ways that even if you have nerves, even if this thing seems scary, you can do it in a way where you don't put yourself out there too much and you can grow into something that can build an audience. And guys, one thing I hear over and over again is that your network is your net worth. Who you know is able to help you build. And so I think podcasting is one of the ways, if not the way, to quickly build relationships and influence, which is one of the reasons I was so excited to have Andrew on. So guys, if you're listening, write down one thing you learned today, take action on it, pick somebody to hold you accountable so that you can take action within the next seven days. And pretty soon you too will be living a life of freedom. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you on the next one.